4: Now let's get this party started.
2: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: I heard a few, but not that many.
0: That gets me good in planning. Juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. Yeah. Juicy. Come on. Juicy fruit
3: yeah, come on, Brady ah, uh. juicy, fruit it is two pros Not and a right. cup of Joe. Fox Sports yeah. Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. You know you can find us on hundreds of affiliates all across the country and wherever you are making us a part of your Friday morning. We appreciate you being a part of this Football Friday with us here. We will take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern Fruit. time, 6 o'clock Pacific, and we do so live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there an unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection at over 10000 1, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So, LaVar, you're making mention of Philadelphia. You know, the Eagles have... It's like a little problematic now. You know, like, there just seems like there's a lot going on there. They're struggling. They've lost three in a row. You've got... Jalen Hurts talking afterwards about commitment issues. You've got Jason Uh -uh. Kelsey getting called for penalties. You've got... I mean, it just feels like it's a far cry from the team that we saw. They're moving defensive coordinators up to the booth. They've got Matt Patricia calling plays. They give up a 10-play, 92-yard drive on Monday night in a minute 20 to lose the game to Seattle. Like, there's a lot going on there. Well, they're back on Monday Night Football this upcoming week. And A.J. Brown... Their stud wide receiver is not a fan. In fact, he would like to do away with the tradition known as Monday Night Football, which has been in the league since 1970. Here was the Eagles wide receiver.
0: It's a short weekend, and right after the game, you know, you only have a certain amount of time just to see a body to recover. And uh and this and it speeds up the process and you know that adds on wear and tear with practice and more stuff. So uh it get difficult, you know, the Monday night games I think they should take it out. I know it's cool, you know, everybody watching you on Monday night, but you know, the turnaround after that is 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 a lot difficult, especially if you leave the game a little banged up.
3: So that was according to AJ Brown uh, speaking with DraftKings about uh his thoughts on Monday night football. It is a little
0: difficult, but it's a part of your profession. Everything isn't going to be easy in your profession. Everything isn't how you want it to exactly be in your your profession. That's just how life works. So while there's truth and validity to what he's saying, nonetheless, you still got to figure out a way to get your body ready and, and yourself ready to go mentally, emotionally, preparation for the game-wise, you know, from schematics you got to be ready to go. That's what makes you a pro. That's what sets you apart is being able to do the things that other people wouldn't be willing to try to do, or in most cases can't do. It just is what it is. So, gut it up and gear up.
4: Do you feel like Monday night football has the same allure, if you will?
3: It's been secondary to Sunday night football in my mind for years.
4: Right. Like I feel like it's been honestly at least two decades. Like I feel like it's been it, it's been playing second fiddle to Sunday night, and honestly, with with Thursday night football being implemented in the schedule, it just feels like an afterthought sometimes. And and look, I know Disney has done a great job in trying to find a way of promoting it more. You know, having the the Manning cast, which I find entertaining. I like watching Peyton and Eli. But but honestly, like it's just and I and I love Troy and Joe. It's just it feels like it's a long week, man. Like it's a lot for you to digest in that football. I, I, you know, and I so I go back and forth because I've been a big advocate for saying put more games in primetime throughout the course of the week. But that's more because we've got so many games now. We're probably gonna have eighteen games in the regular season at some point. But it'd be nice to at least have them like spread out in individual windows if you could. If you you know if you feel like you're a fan of Monday Night Football, I, I just I don't feel like it has the same prestige as it used to where when that when that theme song came on and you like heard it like <laughs> you got from yeah dun, 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 dun.
3: Frank Gifford doing the intros down, On down down down, Monday down, down, Night Football And then the, the helmets down, collide down, Abdul, Yeah dum, dum, Yeah, you want to bring back Monday downs, Night Football It's boom, a pretty easy fix Make the helmets collide in the intro bring the old yeah. song yeah. back That's all you need, all you need Bring you the know. old
4: song back, yeah. helmets collide, that's it Although I will say Sunday Night
3: Football song Stinks Oh, it's brutal yeah. yeah, it's brutal.
0: Hey, how you on night?
3: Like what? Come on, man, change that. Song. Maybe that's why they're bringing Taylor Swift around. They're trying to butter her up to get her to do one of these intros. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it is. Could be uh, a it's play. Very by
0: commercialized. The NFL. Like but the NFL just seems very, very, very commercialized anymore.
4: Like that's I w- actually one of the things that I think turns me off the most. To it is mm-hmm. like when you go to a game. I, I think one of the things the game atmosphere lacks. It's like you're just trying to be sold something every second. Like you literally feel like you're walking into a marketplace, and it's just this, 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 and that. It's like a theme park. Yeah, can I just go watch a game? Yeah, can I just go take my kids and let them enjoy the game and not have to pay, you know, a small fortune to do it? Like I, I, I think that's where the NFL is like kind of missing the long run here. But that's just me. I um, don't know. Maybe people feel differently about it.
3: The Monday, I will say this about Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. They have added an element. Like, there is a big game feel when they're calling games. And it's oh, not a slight sure. to anybody else. So that has been a an added, a, an addition to Monday Night Football, that I think has brought something back to it. But I'm with you. I've always felt like Sunday Night Football for years has been the game of the week.
4: To, to me, though, it's not like just Sunday night. And obviously, their ability to flex schedule, which helps them have a better game, and obviously, Disney has has pushed for that too for Monday night. To me, it's just when the when the le- when the week really starts on Thursday night, it just it has a longer feel to it, and in a prime time spot, to me, it just takes away from the feel of primetime when you've got three games and you're on the back end of that, and especially if it's not a very compelling matchup to watch, regardless of. The, the broadcasting side of it. It just it feels like oh yeah. And then there's Monday night football. Like almost like an afterthought now. And and I, I do feel like that's changed over the course of at least the last ten, fifteen years where it, it, it felt a little different before then. And and look, Thursday night football was around then. It just it was kind of just beginning though. It just didn't feel quite the same. Now I feel like it it's actually you know, some of the matchups we get and games we get are taking away from then you know, whatever that Monday night football matchup is to close out the week.
3: What is the week like post Monday night for players, like practice schedule and all that? What do you guys remember from it? Like, is it like when are you back with the team and already looking ahead to the next well, week?
4: you're off the next day, but you're not off the next day because you got a short week. So you, you really don't really catch up on that. Yeah. And so what happens usually is, you know, you're quote unquote off. But everyone comes in. You're going to watch the game film. You're going to get your rehab stuff, get your lift in, start preparing for the next week's opponent. It's more of a bind for the coaches from game planning standpoint. And then you're trying to get the install for Wednesday. So you know Wednesday you'll probably come into the team meeting, clean up some stuff. But you're pretty much moving on. And so that's the tough part. Is a lot of times you know when you get into that that shortened week schedule, what hurts a team, in my opinion, the most is not going back over the mistakes, fixing them, so you're not repeating them later on. Mm. Or understanding what the issue was if you lost or what some of the issues were that could cause you to lose in the future and then having the ability to fix them or at least identifying them to fix them.
0: I never felt like I was truly impacted by playing on Monday other than the fact that you did have to come in on Tuesday. And I went in on Tuesdays anyway, but to have to work on Tuesday. But with that being said – the the week before the week before you have you know you have a little bit of extra time like that's that's how i look at it i mean if you're playing the week before it's 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 kind of like you got that extra extra sunday heading into well how am i trying to say this i'm trying to put this all together but the week before it to me was more important than the week after like after the game was you know it is what it is because you have a short week again after a Monday night football game, right? Like it's it's a it's a longer week if that's what I was trying to say. So it's a longer week when you're playing on Monday night because you're not playing on Sunday. From
3: a rhythm standpoint, wouldn't you rather just play every Sunday just so you're like, you're just used to that? Like that's. What I, I like. mean, I liked primetime games. Yeah, so night the games one thing, are dope. yeah, the one thing about
0: it is, is that whether it holds the cachet or is number. Two or three, you know, to number one in in ranking of popularity, it's still a prime time game. Unless you're doing a double barrel game, as you would say. Um, oh, you mean double barrel action? At, yeah, double barrel action. Yeah. It, it's you're you're the only game that people are watching. Like a lot of people built their stardom off of having big games in prime time spots. Like whether whether that's the most popular one or not. If you go out there and you have a big game against a, a really, really good quarterback or a really good team, if you're a good quarterback, you have a really good game, it can it can really get people talking about you. At least historically, that's how it's worked. So
3: I just wonder, so, at what point are we go- going to start seeing all those different days of the weeks getting gobbled up? By the NFL, There's
0: only Brady three left, out. right? What is it? Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. and Friday. <laughs> it's only it's only, it's only three three days.
4: I hope they don't touch Friday, <clears throat> Tuesday, Wednesday. That's perfectly fine in my mind. I mean, I, it really comes down to the linear TV networks because those are the those are the networks that are obviously have on have shows and everything else for. And if I could gleam just a little insight into what is happening in the the cable linear television space. You know, if if you're looking at really what makes sense for the books, meaning you're like, is getting you an ROI, it's live events, it's it's news, and it's live sporting events. You know, those deals that are appointment television, that's the only thing you can really consider appointment television. No disrespect to any shows out there, but we consume sitcoms and shows when we want more on demand. And so if, if you could maximize a product or your advertising dollars by putting them in prime time on a Tuesday-Wednesday, wouldn't that make more sense? Um, it, I think it would, le- Would at least in my mind. Yeah. And, and I think it's better for fantasy. I think it's better for gambling. I think it's better for every single – it's better for the player safety in the game, you know, to be able to spread it out this way. It gives the NFL schedule makers more flexibility. So all, all those things I think are positives – for the NFL, if they could just get over the stigma of, hey, it's a Tuesday and Wednesday, but we're going to have a game. Well, dude, if you go to 18 games and I don't even care if they add in another bye week, which I don't think that would be the case just because of how they'd extended. You'd have to start thinking about ways that you can get back days. So, you know, to the earlier point of talking about, you know, A.J. Brown not liking Monday Monday football because a short week that ensues. Well, then figure out a way of giving these guys back more rest and doing that by bumping some of these games another day during the week and figuring it out that way because they do have some flexibility. We saw it during COVID. I don't know why they don't want to exercise that. And I, I think the TV networks may be on board for it as cord cutting t- continues and they're looking for ways to you know, save money. I mean, obviously these rights are expensive, but you want to maximize those rights too. And I think that's one way of doing them instead of maybe dumping more money into a show that isn't going to rate close to what an NFL game would do in prime time.
3: So you uh, talked about the Friday night games. Peter King had a report earlier this week that the NFL is considering playing. First of all, the, the Brazil game, they're thinking about playing in week one, which travel wise would probably make sense. You would give those teams more time to get out there. But they also said that kickoff weekend is early. This year, from September 5th to the 9th, and because Labor Day is September 2nd, the restrictions on interfering with Friday night high school games and Saturday college games don't take effect until the second weekend of September. So if the NFL wanted to, Whoa. Whoa. They, they could throw some games in on a Friday and a Saturday night to open up the season
4: this next that's, year. That's not true. That's You're strong. telling me college football doesn't start the first week of September. That's that's what he says that there's a there's Are a you telling me college football doesn't start off the first week of September?
3: Listen, I agree with you, but this is Peter King. He's just simply reporting that the NFL could if they wanted to flex their muscles yeah, because a of lot the of restrictions, stuff out there. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about week 0. Okay. I'm not going to let week 0 get disrespected any more than it already is, all right? Cuz I got to watch Hawaii take on 7-11 State okay, in late August, or go to a, a game in Dublin to see Florida State play. Like, there's a lot going on there. So, again, I, I'm with Did you. Did say think it's
4: still, 7-11 State?
3: Yeah, whoever they're playing. Wow. It's
4: week zero. It's disrespectful to Hawaii. Did you
3: say 7-11 Whatever. State? Um, it's disrespectful,
0: listen, man. It's, uh, you're disrespecting the clock, Jonas. Oh, damn right. That's what you're doing. It's a great point, Barr. Hey, hey, Lee. Gun's Lee. up
3: there. I tried. <laughs> I tried. That's right. Uh, it is two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you. Coming up next here from the TireRack.com studios, we could see major changes coming to one of the best teams in football. We'll tell you who that is on
2: FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: that's the powerful backing of American express terms apply. Learn more at dot com slash with Amex.
3: It is two pros and a cup of Joe Fox sports radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here coming up later on this hour, about 20 minutes from now from the tire rack.com studios. We are going to spread them. Our picks against the spread in the NFL for week 16. So we'll get into that for you again, a uh, little over 20 minutes from now, uh, One of my least favorite segments that we do every single week because I'm awful. Absolutely brutal. Uh, And uh, look, I don't even know what the results were, but I have a feeling I was brutal and over-unders for Thursday Night Football last night as well, too. It got cleaned up all because Puka Nakua decided to go off. So uh, we will have our picks against the spread coming up here a little over 20 minutes from now. So apparently there is a big day for Florida State planned. Because Florida State has called a special board of trustees meeting for later on today. And the speculation is that they could be discussing a potential exit from the ACC. Brady Quinn, what the hell do you know on this? You got sources. You got insiders. Over yeah,
4: it's going to distract from the standpoint that they've got basically every uh, potential guy who's going to get drafted opting out of the Orange Bowl. So for all the Florida State fans out there who want to see them. Look to be competitive against Georgia, it's probably not going to be overly competitive, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe, maybe the vaunted defense we saw in the ACC championship will, will show itself. But uh, Florida State's looking for uh, a way out of their grant of rights with the ACC. And I, I believe they feel like they have a path or an avenue. Now, if you'll recall, the grant of rights for the ACC for all teams who are involved uh, goes out to what, like 2036 or something ridiculous, <clears throat> you know, length of a contract, which at the time seemed like it may have been a good idea. And now looking back on it uh, with the dollars that we see are being spent in the big 10 and the sec, we see that it's just not going to be able to keep pace. And some of the additions to the conference, you know, in and Cal and, and and Stanford and, and SMU, Uh, In some ways, some people might feel like this only kind of makes, uh, not waters down the conference, but only calls into question the future of where this whole thing's going. So Florida State has been the one school or university to uh, voice its its displeasure the most. And there's a thought that if Florida State finds a way of voting to leave the ACC with their Board of Regents, there's a few different paths they could go. One would be independent, uh, where they could do something similar to what Notre Dame's doing, at least you know for the short term. Uh, one would be going to the Big Ten, SEC, uh, and probably for a lesser amount, they wouldn't get a full share, at least not immediately. Um, or the Big Twelve, who I think would be welcoming them with open arms into that conference. So they've got a number of moves they can make, and. The interesting thing is, if they go to the Big Twelve, you know what makes that a move up or a better move for them, as opposed to just staying in the ACC, which makes more sense regionally. uh, Probably for football as well as every other sport. You know, it's kind of odd. Like the Big Ten, SEC, you get because they're going to get paid more money in the end, but it doesn't really make much sense. But one thing I will say, as we look way down the road, if Florida State leaves, it's going to open the door for many other schools that want to leave as well. And what we're ultimately going to get to is a two conference league, at least in regards to to college football, maybe even basketball. Um, but as Chip Kelly pointed out, the the best path probably moving forward is for the group of schools that wants to get together and pay college football players and go to that model. Just go become independent, and you guys can create your own league or do your own thing or, or schedule each other however you want. You know, under a different umbrella. I mean that would be the simplest way of handling all this, but I'm sure we won't get there for a while.
3: What more likely? Two conference college football or independent. Um, independent. More likely.
0: You think so? I, I, I the think the SEC path... doesn't even want them. Right.
4: Um, they treat them well,
0: like the college football playoff.
4: So here's the thing about like each of these conferences, and if they want that brand or not, right? Like Florida State obviously is, is one of the bigger college football brands, so there's probably some desire. But if you are a Disney, who ultimately owns the rights to the SEC, and you already have the rights to the home games for Florida State and, and their conference games for Florida State, given your deal with the ACC, well, what's what's your incentive to want to just have them go to the SEC to pay them more? You've already got them. So, from a business standpoint, you'd think that like the Big Ten and Fox, CBS, NBC would be a better suitor for Florida State or the Big Twelve, for that matter, um, because they don't, as it currently resi- you know, as it currently sits, you know, have those rights to it. Now, again, ESPN has a piece of the Big Twelve, but that's also shared with Fox. So, there might be more of a desire either by the conference, by Fox, or or by the conference commissioner, Brett Yormark. But however you look at it, like I, I kind of sit there and say, what well, doesn't make business sense for the SEC to really push to bring in Florida State? Because uh, what does that really change? I mean, one, you'd rather have two teams come. And two, you know, the ESPN already has their rights. So they're just going to pay them double just because they changed conferences? Doesn't make as much sense. I, I think the idea of an independent move for Florida State is a sign that's kind of a troubling sign in my mind because – I should say troubling. It, you could look at it in two ways. A lot of these big blue blood brands, if you want to consider Florida State one of those, uh, or at least a bigger brand in college football, you could make the case that they're the ones that drive all the value that these these conferences sign with the TV networks. And then you've got these other schools that really don't, right? And I think in, in that sense, it's a bit unfair to the co- to the actual schools that drive the ratings, that drive the revenue and but yet they have to share equally with ones that don't. So I I think you can see that you know there's clearly a disparity between that. But the problem is is if if you then make it based on performance and so the bigger schools wind up getting a bigger piece of the revenue share the smaller schools or the or the ones that aren't impacting the the TV ratings the networks et cetera, get less, it only puts them less behind so there's less parity. So it, it's not that easy of a conversation. It's pretty nuanced and complicated, but I would say as it currently stands, a, a two conference system is probably the shorter or easier path, yeah. you know, getting everyone to move to become independent and then figuring that out. Um, it's not I, I guess I would say it wouldn't be overly difficult, but there's a lot more moving parts to it uh, to make that work.
3: Now, I wonder how long before we, we would see a two conference college football. Because it feels like it's this is, coming, it's going, it's coming yeah. faster than I think a lot of people maybe. Yeah, it's coming. Maybe I, I,
4: like. I think the simple thing is you'll just see a partnership between some of these, right? Like, I, why couldn't you if you're the? I mean, there's all sorts of different models that are being thrown out. Like, there's a relegation model in thought where if you had the Big Ten and the SEC as the top league, and then you have you know the the relegated league being the Big Twelve ACC. Now, <laughs> I, I don't know that anyone wants that to be the case, where you could potentially float up and down. But it would be kind of cool. It adds yeah. like a, a new, I don't know, uh, level of, of, of intrigue, I think, each year. And, and clearly, with, based on the TV rights deals, you could make the case that like it's kind of a similar to you know European soccer and what that model looks like with some of the different leagues if you get promoted or relegated. So there's that thought to it. There's just the simple, hey, if you're the Big Ten, why not just partner with the Big 12? If you're the SEC, just partner with the ACC, and there you go.
3: It's just wild. This is what college football is. It just the the whole thing is. It's such a, well, what's, f- a far cry
4: from what what's, we. Grew what up I with. think bothers me more about it is decisions are being made for football only, yet they're impacting so many other student athletes in sports. Yeah, and and then you throw into Title Nine and all this, and we'll see how that's impacted by whatever is decided down the road for for college football. But that becomes that becomes the stress point i think is is how does this how does this work out for other olympic sports and in particular you know female sports moving forward because you know there there's going to be some sort of offset and, and if you're you know a, a true huh, believing in, in capitalism or free markets you know the sports that drive revenue are the ones that are going to survive the ones that don't are not so you know how do you create a model where you still provide the opportunity for student athletes to exist, both both in men's and women's sports, um, that are outside of those, you know, non, you know, that are those non-revenue generating sports. Th- that's the tough thing.
0: I still think that the idea of of going independent from all the rest of the sports has to be ultimately where where it all goes because of those those simple issues. Right. Because those simple issues become very very big in the grand scheme of things. I mean. Budgeting out what what that looks like, I mean, you'd have to assume that all costs are higher, like even costs that you might have not have been paying attention to in terms of like blanket insurance and different things like that. And, you know, I don't know what, what it, the implications of taxes are in participating in the different states. I, I, I don't know, but I just know the the amount of resources that it's going to take to be able to... Just transport all those other teams to away games right. in these different places. It's just it doesn't it doesn't add up. No, in fact, you'd have to assume that it's going to bankrupt those those sports. You're taking them into the deep end of the water, so to speak, with those sports that aren't high-grossing sports.
4: Well, what I'm curious as to is how Title IX is impacted from the university standpoint. If you take away those 85 scholarship players on the men's side, well, what does that do to women's? Yeah, you know, you're, how, going how's to lose, that you're going yeah, that,
0: to you're going unless you have a booster.
4: Right, that, that it, it believes becomes in a it. club sport, Yeah, right?
0: it becomes club. Yeah, how how else are you going to fund it? If if football is not football generally, if it's not not a basketball school is is funding everything else. It's funding all the other sports. And then now the question becomes the debate becomes is that correct for one sport? To where you're talking about in the NIL era, where you you know you got to pay players, does it make sense that that all the resources that you're generating because football generates a lot of money every Saturday, they generate a ton of money, but that money is distributed, you know, Title Nines uh, or or what is it called, Title what? Title Nine. Title Nine, and. And, and the university it goes back into the university as well. So, I don't know what the right answer is. I think it's a very complex situation that, that I think is going to require a lot of time and a lot of research and development to, to be able to structure this thing the right way, where athletics is going to be able to survive what's taking place with these super conferences, you know, developing.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you, what, it's not a complicated conversation. The fact that Florida State's going to get stomped out by Georgia—that's yeah, fourteen and a half on DraftKings right now. That's the point
4: spread. Does it bother uh, you guys that I mean the players aren't playing? There's there's a poor there's a part of me that you know I, I completely understand and get it, and it's it's what these the players, especially like a Keon Coleman who just announced yesterday, but Trey Benson and Jaheim Bell, and you know all these guys. i mean, obviously Jordan Travis is, is injured anyway, but. When you go on the list, like it, it, it makes sense. It, it, they're not playing for the national championship now. They they don't want to, you know, get injured and trying to and trying to play in a bowl game that's not going to ultimately impact their future. But I would say this: if there was one bowl game, I think throughout the course of the four team college football playoff, this would be the non playoff bowl game that I think the winner would have. Something to say about Hell it when yes. it's all said done, yeah, right? For sure. Like, if you're a 14-0 and Florida State team, you're even a 13-1 and Georgia team that we looked at as the number— no- They've won two national championships. They were the number one team all season until the SEC championship game, losing by three in a neutral site. And then we dropped them completely out of the race uh, for playing four. it's I'm, like, I if you could ever have made a case— like this game would be that for whoever the winner is. I don't know that we could say that for any of the other New Year's six games that have been outside of the, the you know the top four playoff games.
3: I think Georgia had a better argument than Florida State to get in. Personally, like I, I just you look at everything, all things considered, like the run that they've been I, I, on. And-
4: I would have rather seen like an 18 playoff this year. I, I think Ohio State, Oregon, Florida State, Georgia, with the four we already have, to me, all all eight of those teams. You know and, and say whatever you want about the schedule and if they're deserving, and all that crap. They just they look like the eight best teams, yeah. Like, I wish we would have had an eight team playoff. I've said that since day one, this whole start of this thing. It always made more sense being eight. I know we go to 12 next year, but I just man, it, it would have been fun to see those eight teams play off for because I really felt like anyone could beat anyone.
3: Now, now I gotta ask you, uh,
4: outside in Florida,
3: Florida State gets wiped out by Georgia. What if Florida State
0: wins with all of them?
4: Well, well, here's here's I well, think that's that's the law. They'll, they'll have a great gripe. Dude, if, if they claimed a national championship after beating Georgia in the Orange Bowl, I would hold it against them. And By the way, this has been the history of college football. Like I've tried to point this out to Florida State fans is say whatever you want. There's always been gripes through the... Whether it was the Bull Coalition back in the day when Florida State won it in 1993 when they went over and undefeated West Virginia and a Notre Dame team that beat them earlier that year. Whether it was that team or any other national championship year, off and on, there's been multiple occasions where there's been teams that have had a stake to it. Like, this has been the history of college football. There's always been intrigue. There's always been some sort of controversy in in how we go about determining who's the winner.
3: But let's just say, you know, just total hypothetical, Florida State gets disintegrated in this bowl game. How soon after does Danny Connell get a text message from Brady Quinn
4: Oh, I don't need to say anything now. I mean, he's so we do our picks together, and he's he's trumpeting now. Granted, I I thought uh, Syracuse would be able to cover the number last night too, but he's trumpeting now for the ACC, right? And I, like, it's going to be the excuse of the opt outs and everything else. It's like, okay, well, we've, they've got a few other opportunities, right? Like, if if the ACC was really that strong of a conference, and if you know Florida State was so deserving of it. We'll see how it looks through bowl season because so far Syracuse suffered the worst margin of defeat and getting shut out in college football history.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
4: We've never seen a a 45-point margin of defeat in bowl history with a shutout. We did last night versus an ACC opponent. So next up, we've got a bowl preview. So we got Duke, who, again, no head coach, no quarterback, all these things. But these other schools have transfer portal players too. These other schools have coaches who have maybe left to take other jobs too. So there's not going to be really any excuses when it's all said and done once these games are played. Yeah, they're calling that the Boca beatdown last night, uh, yeah. courtesy of uh We well, got Georgia F. Tech taking on UCF coming up. There's a lot of ACC teams playing.
3: Two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. Now it's time for the progressive play of the day. Rams in the pistol. Stafford looks to his right. Brings cup in motion. Hands off left.
2: Kyron Williams veers to his right. To the five. Leaping to the end zone. Kyron Williams touchdown LA he flips the ball to his mother here at SoFi Stadium
3: Rams radio on the calls your progressive play of the day progressive making things even easier They will help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both learn more at progressive.com or 1-800 progressive coming up next here it is our picks against the spread in week 16 of the NFL right here on FSR Hey, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LaVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you. Coming up top of next hour, a little over 10 minutes from now from the TireRack.com studios. We are going to see a first in the NFL this weekend. All right. You've never gotten to see the NFL like this. You will. And we'll explain what that is again coming up here a little over 10 minutes from now on FSR. If you missed any of this show, though, and you want to check out the podcast, a friendly reminder that that podcast will be posted shortly after we go off the air so if you want to find out how one player in the NFL is not a fan of a 50 plus year tradition in the league we broke all that down for you earlier this hour so you can check out the podcast search 2Pros wherever you get your podcast be sure to also follow, rate and review the pod, again search 2Pros wherever you get your podcast you'll see today's show posted right after we get off the air
2: 5, four, three, two, one. 5 Lines Not those kind of lines. Five picks, five spreads. Time for picks against the spread. Yeah, snorted all
1: the way up. Lee, what do we got? Guys, a close week per usual last week. Uh, NFL week 15. We obviously had a triple header on Saturday. But I'm going to start with the end here. We had Ravens at Jaguars on Sunday night football where everybody agreed that Baltimore would take care of that three and a half point spread. They did 23 to 7. Good job, everybody. Easy money. Hmm. The other game we previewed on Sunday was Cowboys at Bills, where of course the Bills took it to Cow- to Dallas. Um, Levar was the only one who took Buffalo in on that one, so good job there, mm, Levar. Good job,
3: Levar. Bam. Yeah, I question that. I feel like Brady and I were also on that train, but that's all right. We'll do it on the up and up. That's
4: fine. I definitely was not. I was. I took the points in uh, in Dallas in that case. I was misquoted.
1: Moving to that triple header on Saturday, where again Levar was the only one who took Detroit four and a half uh, spread over uh, Denver. Detroit or Detroit. Detroit. Okay. I saved Detroit. Wait a second. I didn't take the Lions in that game. No, you took Denver. No, I took Denver.
3: Misquoted. So this one's uh, being filed under protest this week. Right. Wipes out the entire season.
1: Rattling through the rest of it, Steelers at Colts. Jonas and Brady, you guys correctly predicted that uh, Indy would take that one. And then lastly, Brady was the only one who took Minnesota to cover versus the Bengals. Since he, since he won 27-24, but the spread was 3.5. Oh. So, LeVar and Brady, the pros, took it 3-2, Jonas 2-3, and and you fall a full 10 games behind the pros. Screw you,
4: Lee.
2: <clears throat> You're doing a good job, Jonas. All right, let's go, All Lee. Right.
1: All right, starting off week 16. Bengals at Steelers. That's what's kicking off Saturday's doubleheader. Bengals are three-point favorites at Pittsburgh.
4: Oh, man. Mason Rudolph is starting, too, for Pittsburgh. I'm gonna so take Pittsburgh. To call, I'm taking Pittsburgh
3: for some reason. Jamar Chase is out. I'll I'll take my chances with the Steelers. I'll,
4: I'll take their 3 points too in the Steelers. Steelers,
1: as Lavar would say.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take the Steelers too. Last time.
1: He <laughs> actually said
4: it.
0: I'm the points.
1: Also on Saturday Bills 12 and a half point favorites on the road against the Chargers. Uh, yeah, I'm playing the, the points. Yeah, I'm laying the points. Yeah, man.
3: Jonas I will oh, oh, take man. the Chargers come on dude right.
1: no I'll take the Bills <laughs> hey. Bills across the board alright moving on to Sunday we have this one Colts at Falcons Falcons two and a half point favorites at home
3: Falcons are
0: yes I'm taking the Colts
4: I'm gonna go with the Colts too
3: I'll take the Atlanta Falcons. There's a Heineken the started too, right? Yeah, yeah. A, little, a little boost, a little shot in the arm, desperation time for the Atlanta So you don't
4: Falcons. like mustache mania, huh? I love, love mustache, mustache Listen, I,
3: I'm a big fan of the mustache ride in Indianapolis, but I feel like in Atlanta, it you it's going to go a little
1: bit differently. Okay. Right. Big mm. one up next. Here it is. Cowboys and
2: Dolphins.
1: Dolphins a point favorite at home. Dallas.
2: You know what?
4: I got your fiends to the left, fiends, fiends to, to the, the right. right.
1: fins
0: down the middle for me. <laughs>
1: Great so what call. does that mean? Taking the fins. Yeah. <laughs> Last one up.
2: Ravens at 49ers. Oh, that's yeah.
1: right. We have a Christmas oh, Day game here. Last one on Monday night. Niners are five and a half point favorites at home. I'll take Money Baltimore. Line.
4: Money line for who? Baltimore. <laughs> oh, didn't wow. You take... They don't need the points, huh? far, why do you take the five and a half? Yeah. It's a gift. I'll
0: take the money line. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> All right, Lee. Dang. All keep
1: right. proper
3: oh, track hey. of this.
4: Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll lay the points with San Francisco.
1: And that is your picks against the spread, <laughs> week right. 16. So there it what is. What a great game that's going to be. Is that a Super Bowl preview? Yeah. yeah.
0: That, uh, for me. Right, right I, now, right? that, yeah, excitement-wise and... Competitive-wise, yeah, that's that's the, that's the one.
3: I mean, winner of this, MVP
4: favorite, right? Yeah, no Warren doubt. Ball. Probably wins it. Yeah. Probably wins it. Oh, oh, oh,
2: O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto Parts!
4: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey Jeff,